The Philadelphia Eagles are struggling their third straight loss, this time to the Seattle Seahawks on Monday night football. Seattle staying in the thick of the playoff race. And speaking of playoff race, what's that playoff picture look like at Christmas time? All that and more coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day, appreciate all the everydayers out there subscribed up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode of PNW is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Man, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I've been asked this question over the last twenty four hours or twelve hours, really, Matt. Yeah, are, are the Philadelphia Eagles actually bad? I mean, they have not played good, not looked yeah. great for three straight weeks now. And look, that's happened to a lot of teams. It happened to what people would consider the best team in the NFL, the 49ers, and I witnessed that with a three-game losing streak. So it happens in the NFL. You're not just going to blast through and win every single game. And even when the New England Patriots did that, they still lost the Super Bowl, right? Uh, so you just don't go win them all. It doesn't happen. It's why the uh, the Miami Dolphins from the, the, what is it, the 72 Dolphins, right? They toast every year because it just it <laughs> does not happen. So... Which is it with the Eagles? They just have a little funk right now, or is this a team with maybe some a little bit bigger issues that are coming to light late in the season? 2017 loss to the Seahawks on Monday Night Football. Yeah, uh, um, somewhere in between, I would say, in that I don't do power ranks, but I talk about them a lot. And other shows on Tuesday, we go through other people's and basically tear them apart. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the Niners are clearly one. And I think that there's four or five teams in that second tier, you know, like Baltimore would be two for me. Bills would be three for me. I put that out yesterday. I don't know who would be four, but the Eagles would not be in contention for four. So I can't put them in tier one and maybe the bottom of tier two. I don't know how I I would tier teams in the league, but I think they're very dangerous. You know, I mean, they're sort of a sleeping giant in some regard, because if they put it together at the right time, I could see them buzzing through at least most of the NFC or somehow ending up in the Super Bowl or battling the Niners to the end or somebody beats them or who knows? I mean, it's just being highly, highly relevant. I don't know if I'm not going to predict their future. The Eagles are basically doing what the Bills did two months ago. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, they're having a bad time at a bad time, you know, where, your Niners had, what, a two- or three-game stretch, went to a bye, came out super strong. Bills started slow and now are super strong and are digging themselves out of a deep hole. But the Eagles are doing it at a rough time. And frankly, I know Seattle's not at that level, but they maybe just got past their tough stretch of losing games left and right to back to becoming relevant. We'll talk about them in a minute. Yeah, But the Eagles have problems. I mean, their back seven's bad. I mean, it's flat-out bad. And some of that's by design. All new safeties and linebackers, new defensive coordinator, Slay and Bradbury are injured and old. You know, like you could count on the corners and the pass rush. And I got this from Greg Cosell, who does a lot of work with the Eagles team. Like he does some of their 
kind of like I do with the Steelers, to be honest. He's affiliated with them. And he said last year, we all remember the Eagles had, what, 60 sacks, 70 sacks, whatever it was. It was a right. ridiculous number. And they led the league, as you would imagine, in sacks on third down. And they had more sacks on third down than many teams had sacks, period. This year, they're like last in the league on sacks on third down. I mean, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'm not far off. It, like, it, they're not getting teams into third and eight. I remember the numbers of this, the, just the pure sack numbers for the Eagles last year. And they were very much an outlier because they didn't even lead the league in pressures, but they were, their right, pressure right, to sack right. ratio was crazy and really unsustainable. And we're seeing that now. And it's almost even not even come back to regress to the mean. It's actually under the mean now. And now they're not getting uh, the sacks at all, not counting on that. And it's absolutely hurting them. And it's showing more of the, the warts they have in their back seven. And they, and, they obviously they made the switch to Matt Patricia as the play caller on defense. And, it, you know, at first glance, you say, well, that didn't help. But they did hold the Seahawks to 20 points on the road in their building, which should be enough. So I don't yeah, know. Right, the right. bigger problem might be Jalen Hurts in the offense right now. Yeah, I wanted to get to that, too, because I don't want to just blame him. Uh, but I do think he's. I think he's been hurt a lot of the year, to be honest with you. And that's giving him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. But I do think he's had a really tough stretch and he doesn't move quite as well as he has. Now, I think I want to talk about the offense in a minute, too, because I think everyone knows I'm a big believer in strength of schedule. And I'm taking nothing, nothing, nothing away from the Eagles or Niners of 2023. But they had the easiest schedule in the league. And I think you would agree and you know better than I do that this version of the Niners doesn't even matter who they're playing. They could be playing on the moon is better than last year's version of the Niners, especially a quarterback. I mean, Purdy's better now than ever. I mean, you agree with that, right? I mean, yeah, Purdy's better than past quarterbacks and better than his rookie self as well. Yes. Like this, this year version or this version we're looking at the Niners beats last year version of the Niners. Do you agree? Yeah. The, the 49ers 2023, we've talked a lot about this on Locked On 49ers. 49ers okay. 2023 team is the best version of Kyle Shanahan's 49ers, mostly because the quarterback raises the ceiling. Okay. I mean, Debo's healthier. There's a, you know, a lot of things. And you know, Chase Young's in the mix and everybody's at their peak. And you know, Warner's never played better, et cetera, et cetera. So the reason I brought that up is because they both had the easiest schedules in the league last year. So I've mentioned this before. Sumer Sports is totally free. You can they have a, they have a lot of good information on there and strength of schedule to this point just based off EPA only the Jets have had a tougher schedule than the Eagles. So that's I mean it's night and day from who they've played this year to last year. And the opposite I think is true of the Niners where I don't think the Eagles o lines quite as good as last year. I know Hurts isn't quite as good as last year. I know the back 7 is way worse than last year. And while the D-line is remarkably talented, you can't say it's as good as the 70-sack year. Right. They lost both coordinators. Change at coordinator on defense. So, yeah, clearly. And this is the, – the changing of coordinators is where I, I start to have alarm bells because mm -hmm. they're recognized – they're not just saying, oh, we're good, we're going to fix whatever's happening and be better. They're worried themselves. And they're, you know, they're pulling, uh, they're pulling levers trying to fix this thing and, and they good can't point. figure it out. So that's the alarming thing, I think, for the Eagles. They're not in a good place right now, currently. Now, they're still a really good team and could break out of this. But, uh, you know, you look at Jalen Hurts, 143 yards passing, 17 of 31. 
no touchdowns, two interceptions in this game. He's he's really for the last few weeks has not been seeing the field clearly, and, and that's a problem. No. And he might be banged up, but you know, unless he's got an injured eye socket, it, you know, it, it's it's <laughs> the, the seeing the field is is what worries me even the most. He's holding the ball a little bit longer. Dropping so his eyes, yeah, dropping his eyes, and yeah. It, there's a lot that is subpar or sub ideal right now for the for the Philadelphia Eagles. And it's on both sides of the ball. And you could look at coaching, you could look at how some players are playing. AJ Brown's frustrated and they're feeling it. Mm-hmm. Uh, 100%. So I'm glad you brought up the coordinators because I think it's safe to say that, especially in Indy, but also in Arizona, those teams are out kicking their coverage this season. You know, I mean, everyone thought Arizona is a lock for the first pick overall. They're better and more competitive than that. And Indy's flat out good. So I think those guys are valuable losses that have been poached from a really good organization. I'm not implying this one bit, but I think the Eagles are very thrilled that they signed Hurts to that big deal. But I bet there's a tiny, tiny, tiny shred of doubt now more than the day they inked it. You know what I mean? I mean, he's hasn't exceeded expectations. He's been less than. I mean, not the leadership or the running, but finer points of quarterbacking and his style of play, he's going to take a lot of hits. Now, I mentioned the Sumer Sports stuff in the strength of schedule. I just wanted to check real quick, so I wanted to throw this out there. What is the strength of schedule based off of EPA going forward? Well, the the Eagles have the easiest schedule in the league the rest of the way. And coincidentally, Seattle's is the second easiest. So times might be getting... Getting all right for these time. These two the teams. Eagles have the Giants twice in three weeks, and yeah, they like have that. an opportunity. And and really, what's interesting because the Eagles, the Cowboys screwed this up by losing this week, and then the Eagles go and give it back to them. So now the Cowboys are back to the two seed, but the Eagles, since the Cowboys lost, can still go win out and end up with the two seed. Uh, but then the Lions are getting closer in there as well. So this is very interesting going down to the stretch here. And so uh, we're gonna have to take a look at this playoff picture. Matt next uh before that though I want to talk about the Seattle Seahawks we're not leaving you guys out of this and quarterback Drew Locke what a story that was Monday night and how things look with this playoff picture heading into Christmas week next today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by game time you shouldn't have worries you shouldn't have hassles when you're trying to buy tickets to your next big event, you're supposed to be excited about buying tickets to your next big event. That's where game time comes in. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, even an hour after the event starts. It's the place to find last minute tickets and it's the place to plan your events as well. Fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, theater events, including NFL football games near you. Killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat and the best price guarantee. Game time takes all of the guesswork out of buying tickets, even if it's a last-minute purchase. Zone deals, you pick the section, and Game Time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. And a special offer for our listeners, download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time, create an account, and redeem code locked on NFL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Seattle Seahawks, they needed to win this game. The Rams keep winning, putting pressure on them. The, the Packers are kind of fading out of this thing in the NFC, but the, the Seahawks really needed to get back to 500. And right now they're they're behind in the tiebreakers and uh, they still got some work to do the rest of the season, but this was a huge game for them. And 
you know, 15 minutes before the start of the game, you you hear that it's Geno Smith out and it's going to be Drew Locke starting the game. And everyone says, well, put your money on the Eagles here. And, you know, maybe this is the beginning of the end for the Seahawks in their 2023 season. But no, Drew Locke wasn't having that, Matt. Drew Locke, 22 <laughs> of right. passing. He, he didn't light it up or anything. 208 yards passing, but he had the big touchdown pass late when he needed it. And, you know, you could tell he was uh, – um, it was important to him after the game. And uh, I loved seeing Geno Smith rooting him on from the sideline during this. And, you know, Drew Locke is kind of a, I, some people like his uh, swag or whatever you want to call it. Right. And and his antics. And uh, sometimes it comes off as he's a dork and it, it's great when you're winning and <laughs> he looks like an idiot when he's rapping on the sidelines and his team's getting his butt kicked. Right. Um, but in this one, uh, it, it all worked out for Drew Locke and the Seahawks. So a good story there, and we got to give our props to Drew Locke, who, who made the big throw when his team needed it in this one. Yeah, he was he was good. He made a huge throw. Great play by JSN as well. you got to love those receivers. Um, I thought Kenneth Walker ran the ball exceptionally well in this game as well. But just want to reiterate Drew Locke. I mean, we can kind of chuckle at him and, ah, he's not that great, you know, blah, blah, blah. But he was a second-round pick that came in the league with pretty serious pedigree. I mean, you saw him in first rounds of mocks here and there. Not that that's the, the end all. I mean, a lot of bad quarterbacks have been drafted high. But don't forget, I mean, he was not – Denver when, in the Russell Wilson trade, Denver didn't say, you have to take Drew Locke. Pete Carroll and company said, we want that guy as part of the deal. And I scoffed at it at the time, but before the 2022 season – they had no intentions of drifting away from a lock Geno Smith quarterback battle, which I thought was insane at the time. I'm like, what are these guys doing? Do they have any clue what they're up to? And it was a kind of an even fight until Geno pulled away. So my point is, he's not a laughable punchline. This team likes him. He has ability. And he kind of showed it. I mean, like, I'm not saying he's going to re- revitalize his career and be the next Geno Smith, you know, in a new place or anything, but... He's not a joke, you know? Yeah, and I'm sure the Seahawks want Geno Smith back in there, and we'll see if he's yeah. ready to go for the, the last three games of the season here. But Drew Locke proved he was uh, up to the challenge and um, and and won a big game against, uh, against the, the Eagles, right? So important win for the Seattle Seahawks. And as we take a look at the playoff picture now, and, you know, we're already in the NFC, so let's go ahead and yeah. stay there. With the loss, those Philadelphia Eagles uh, drop back to that five seed, uh, they still control the destiny, though, because the Dallas Cowboys lost and they'll end up with a better conference record in that tiebreaker uh, or the division record, which is really important in this one, because whoever wins the division is going to have the, the two or three seed and whoever doesn't is going to have the five seed between the Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. And no one's jumping up inside the five, the top five seeds there in the NFC. So um, as of now, today, we got the Dallas Cowboys who have a little tougher go than the, the Eagles. The rest of the way are currently the two seed, the 49ers. Uh, just get helped out by both of those. The Niners can lose now and and still go. The, the Niners just have to win two games the rest of the year. Any two games. That it can be Christmas against the Ravens and either at Washington or at home against the Rams in the final week of the season. Okay. They just need two of those games. And so maybe he, only one if things fall their way too. I would imagine. And another loss, it'll just be one, right? But there's three teams with 10 wins and uh, the Niners would have the tiebreaker over all of them. So the Cowboys would okay. be two seed now. Detroit Lions would be three seed at 10 and four. 
the Philadelphia Eagles would be the five seed. And, you know, like I just said, whoever wins the the East is going to be two or three seed there with the Lions. And whoever doesn't win the East between the Cowboys and the Eagles is going to be the five seed in the NFC. And of course, right now it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at seven and seven leading the NFC South. Whoever wins that division is in. Uh, whoever doesn't is likely out, although the New Orleans Saints are still hanging on at mm-hmm. seven and seven. And I don't, I don't know that we should count the, Falcons out quite yet, but uh, not looking good at six and eight right now. Could still end up nine and eight, though, and maybe that's all it'll take in the South. So Saints seven and seven would be the nine seed right now. The eight seed, those two teams on the outside looking in, the Seahawks at seven and seven. The Saints don't have the tiebreaker because they have a losing conference record four and five. The Seahawks are six and five conference record. The Rams are five and four conference record. So it would be the Rams at seven and seven who would be second in the West, the seven seed currently, and that leaves us with the Nick Mullins currently led Minnesota Vikings, who with the six and three conference record, even though they are tied with four teams at seven and seven, it's the Vikings six seed Rams seven seed as of today with the Seahawks and Saints both at seven and seven in the eight and nine seed currently in the NFC with a couple of six win teams the Falcons and, and Green Bay Packers kind of sitting back and, and maybe uh, too little too late for them. You laid that out tremendously. A um, couple things I'd throw in. You, you didn't mention, but along with the Ravens, probably people know this, but the Niners, Cowboys, and Eagles have clinched. I mean, they're in. They could lose out. They're definitely going to the playoffs. Um, I think the Lions are darn close otherwise. And I, I just want to reiterate, because we talk about this during the season, and I've talked about it a lot with the Bengals and Bills, especially earlier in the year when they weren't winning games every week. But Conference wins are now more important than ever. I mean, with three wild card games, your conference schedule is unbelievably important. And I don't know that our listeners stress that enough in September or October, you know, pre-Thanksgiving when you're not seeing these playoff pictures, because that keeps a lot of teams out with equal records. So that's very, very important. I do think it's going to be a kind of a fun and and I hate pro- projecting the future, but I mentioned Seattle has a very easy schedule ahead. But the Vikings, Rams, and Seattle to me seem like three teams fighting for two, or three dogs fighting for two bones. You know what I mean? Like two of those will probably get in, and one will be just on the outside. You know what's super interesting? So the the Seahawks helped the 49ers out so much by beating the Eagles, giving the 49ers breathing room to earn that one seed. But then they made things more difficult on themselves because the Seahawks and Rams are going to be battling for one of those last spots. Now the 49ers might rest all their starters against the Rams in week 18. And the Rams might go easily win that game, which knocks the Seahawks back out of it. So yeah, that's kind of so, stuff's interesting. There's yeah. <laughs> so many funny scenarios here that happen. And then when you're, you start looking at a team like the 49ers and you think, okay, well, is this team going to rest everybody for two weeks or do you play it out in the week 18, knowing you have a buy and for the 49ers, they might only have one trip the rest of the year. They go to Washington, uh, and then they could maybe come back and stay at home throughout the playoffs and have a, a less than a one-hour flight to Las Vegas for the Super Bowl if potentially they get there as well. So that, that's huge, having that home field advantage through the playoffs and being that one seed. Uh, it's massive uh, in both conferences. So I wonder, I mean, I'm just throwing it out there. It's a little early in the process to even think this way, but could the Lions rest starters and just be stuck in the three spot? You know what I mean? That'd be great for them. They could have a mini buy in week 18. I mean, they just have their spot clinched at three. If you're the Lions, you you are 
darn near guaranteed right now that you are, and you might, they might Division actually be champ. completely guaranteed that they're either two or three seed because they can't have a worse record yeah, than right. whoever's in the South. And they're, you know, probably not going to get the one seed, although it's still possible. You're definitely resting people if you're the Detroit Lions, especially in mm-hmm. that last game of the season, because I Without think rest lot, yeah. is even more important than getting two versus three seed potentially. Yeah. Yeah. That was the one team I thought that could really benefit from just, well, it's all out of our control. We won the division, but we're not as bad as the South losers or, you know, winners. So we'll be two or three. Let's sit Goff and Montgomery, et cetera, et cetera. You know, next let's take a peek at the AFC playoff picture as we approach Christmas football. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. And LinkedIn just isn't some other job board. LinkedIn has a vast network. We're talking about a billion professionals on LinkedIn, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours at LinkedIn Jobs. And they have now launched a new feature at LinkedIn that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Baltimore Ravens, a commanding lead in the AFC for that one seed now at 11-3, and tied for the best record in the NFL with the 49ers, who are the one seed on the other side. Both those teams play in Monday night this week, which will be a lot of fun here. A nice Christmas present from the NFL. Thank you. It's funny. This is the least important game on the schedule for the 49ers. The AFC team, if there's one game to lose for the Niners, it's the AFC game, uh, even though it might be a Super Bowl preview, which is is super interesting. But, yeah, both these teams are going to be – be amped up and playing to win. That's that's the way mm-hmm. these teams are wired. They're going to be going at it on Monday night. It's going to be a lot of fun. 11-3, Baltimore Ravens, one seed. They've clinched a playoff berth. And below them is a whole lot of question marks, Matt. Uh, you cover the Steelers in the AFC. Do you want to break down this side of the bracket for me? Sure. Um, real quick on the Ravens. I, I just said 10 minutes ago, I think they're the second best team on the planet right now. But they could definitely lose to the Niners, obviously. Then they have Miami, and then week 18 is the Steelers, which the Steelers are horrendous right now, but Ravens-Steelers could have all backups in. It's still going to be 13-9. Like, the <laughs> Ravens, I bet they just don't you know, smooth sail through their last three games. So don't just assume they're going to get the one. And them versus Miami could actually end up being super important for seedings, you know, a week from Christmas. So that's interesting to me. Kenny Pickett going to be back this season? He's supposed to practice. We're recording this Tuesday at noon Eastern, folks. He's supposed to give it a go tomorrow. They named it Mason Rudolph the starter, but Pickett is going to do something this week and is an outside shot to start. So I bet he starts next week. Uh, Yeah, I mean, as underwhelming as his stat lines look, he gives the Steelers the best chance to win, right? He absolutely does because he doesn't put the ball in harm's way. I actually wrote an article about it when he got hurt. I mean, the real tragedy is no one thinks this team's going to win the Super Bowl, but if you lose a big portion of this year for evaluation purposes, that really hurts you with what what's our plan this offseason. I would have loved to have – even if he falls on his face, then you know better that he's not the guy. You know, mm-hmm. So you want to get him in there as soon as possible just yeah. for 
evaluation purposes, you know, kind of like they're doing with fields right now in Chicago. And since we're, we brought up the Steelers talking about them sitting at the 10 seed right now at seven and seven in the AFC, they got a five and five conference record. I mean, it's really tight. They're within a game and the tiebreaker is kind of right there. Everyone's five and five, four and five, five and four with the conference records. So like the the Steelers aren't out of it as, as far down as it looks like they are and how bad they've played recently. It's amazing because they, they, well, it goes back to what we said earlier. They did really well within the conference before this awful losing streak where they're just terrible right now. But I mean, the, watching their product, they're nowhere close to a playoff team. But stranger things have happened. But they have, a, they actually have a very tough go of it to finish up the season. I mean, Steelers do. They have Cincy here at Seattle at Baltimore. So there's a chance they lose their last six, to be honest with you, which would be the sky is falling here. So things are obviously a lot clearer in the NFC. We've got, you know, Niners already clinched yeah. the division and a playoff berth. Dallas play, a playoff uh, berth clinched. Eagles playoff berth clinched. We talk about the Lions, how we pretty much know they're going to be two or three seed most likely. And you go to the AFC, there's one clinch so far, which is a playoff berth by the Ravens. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, what about behind them? The Miami Dolphins two seed right now. The Kansas City Chiefs lead the West, so they're the three seed. And then you got the Jacksonville Jaguars in the South in the three-way tie uh, currently the four seed with tiebreakers. Yeah, and I wonder, I mean, just because we had this conversation with the Lions, maybe the Chiefs get in a position where they're the two or three seed, can't get a bye, let's rest everyone in week 18, you know, because no one's catching them in their division. I mean, they're they're sitting pretty that way. The AFC South is obviously much better than the NFC South, but there are some similarities there. I mean, Jags, Colts, Texans now – all battling it out, and I think they play one another quite a bit going forward. Uh, they, they all do in week 18, but Jacksonville looked like a foregone conclusion to win that division, and I don't feel that way at all now. I mean, especially if Stroud can come back immediately, and the Colts and Texans getting wins this week was massive. Broncos are only two games behind. <laughs> in fact, I know the Las Vegas Raiders at 6-8, and eight, could mathematically tie the Kansas City Chiefs still in the West. Like that's how that's how close a lot of these things are. That's not going to happen, but uh, right, it's right. mathematically possible. And the Denver Broncos in this thing. So the Chiefs still have to figure some things out, and, and really just need to be a better team and and playing better ball when they get to January, or they're not going to last long, even when they do make the playoffs. One hundred percent. So I mentioned how huge the Colts and Texans winning were because not only were they wins. You know, the Colts hurt the Steelers by beating them, but they were also AFC games. The team that all of a sudden got super comfortable, though, is the Brownies. I mean, that was a very losable game for them. And the fact that they got one more win and are kind of sitting above the pack, Cleveland's going to the playoffs. And then they finish at Houston, Jets, at Cincy. So they're going to win one, two, maybe three more. Looking good not a great conference, team. Uh, conference yeah. record tiebreaker, six of three is better than everyone behind them as well. Yeah, okay, okay. So, I mean, I bet they're, I don't say locked, it's way too early for that, but they're a real strong bet to be the five seed. I, I have a hard time believing they'll catch Baltimore, but they might make that interesting. But they're going to probably visit the AFC South champ. It's probably the team you want to play in round one. Yeah, right? it's not bad, right. I don't so, know if the Browns are a contender or not, but boy, they've had a heck of a year. Bengals at eight and six, Colts at eight and six, Texans eight and six, Buffalo Bills eight and six. That's six through nine right now. The Bengals, I 
I owe them an apology because there was a stretch that I, I, I flat out said the words, wow, the Bengals are dead, you know, because they lost all their division games, all their conference games, dug themselves this brutal hole, and then Burrow goes down for the year, and I just said, you're done. You know, sorry, but you're done. Um, and I'm wrong because, boy, I, this, all morning I spent digging into Cincinnati heavily because the Steelers are playing them this week, so I've really specialized on the Bengals. And I used to think what Browning was doing was a little smoke and mirrors. But I know it's a small sample size, but him and Brock Purdy have like almost identical numbers at the at all the key stats that I care about in terms of efficiency and EPA and yards for play and things like that. I tweeted it out. So check out my timeline. And a lot of it's great coaching in Cincinnati, just changing what they're doing. The defense is underwhelmed all year, which makes no sense to me, but I'm starting to believe Cincinnati can really make noise or Browning turns into a pumpkin. They lose <laughs> a division game to the Steelers that they have no business losing with Jamar Chase out, and that's the end of the road. You know, I mean, that's just how the NFL is. I'm not going to sound like I know the answer. Uh, yeah, and you never know, but I love what I'm seeing from Browning just from a, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a competitive, efficient standpoint. You know, he's yeah. not. Uh, he's not over his skis right now, and he's competing. And I love him yelling at the camera. You should have never cut me uh, about the Minnesota Vikings, and you know just that attitude of like you know chip on his shoulder. He's like, bring it on, let's go. And it's amazing because the the Bengals have, like you mentioned, the worst conference record tiebreaker at three and six, but they've got head to head wins in, in 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 two of their few AFC wins this year. They were against Buffalo and Indy, so they got the tiebreakers on those two teams. So the conference record doesn't matter. Good point. Great point. Yeah. I mean, the Bills are the team I feel bad for because I I think they're the third best team in the league behind the Niners and Ravens in terms of who do you want to play right this minute? If I were power ranking them, the Bills would be three, but they're still, it's just math. I mean, they're still only nine in, in the in the seedings right now. And I've been saying for months, I think they can win the Super Bowl. I just don't know if they can get the playoffs. I mean, it's all because of the conference stuff. And I mean, any of these teams though can handle their business and they'll be in, you know, like true, true. If, if the bills win three games, they're going to be in because the Colts yeah. and the Bengals and the Texans aren't all going to win out the rest of the way, you know, mm-hmm. mo- most likely. And I, I think there's, I think the Texans and Colts didn't, didn't we talk about this? They, they play each other last, no, they play each other last week of the season. They do. Yeah. That is in Houston. So one of them's probably not going to so, in Indy. Yeah. And it, it might not, come down right. to that one game. And so the Buffalo Bills might really only be competing with, you know, two, two of those three teams instead of three of them because they know that Texans and Colts are going to take care of each other. Any chance the AFC South or North has three teams go? I don't think yes in the South because they played each other that last week. E, but it's still possible. But right now three the North has go. three. Three games to go and – the conference tiebreaker would go to Houston and Indy right now. Both of them would have it over Bills and, and Bengals, depending on what happens the rest of the way mm-hmm. uh, with those records. But again, since he has the tiebreaker head to head over Indy, but not head to head over Houston. Well, hold on. Let me read. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a huge paragraph about the Bengals tiebreakers here. So I know the they're head to head. They beat Buffalo. They beat Indy. The division tiebreak was initially used to eliminate Houston. Indianapolis wins tiebreak over Houston based on head-to-head. So that's why since he's ahead of Houston. But if Houston leapfrogs Indy in the division, 
That would mean Houston also leapfrogs Cincy because there's no head-to-head tiebreaker and they do have the conference tiebreaker. So mm, that would knock okay. Cincy out and put Houston in. So Bengals fans are rooting against the Texans. Is what I got from that. Yes, correct. Which they have Cleveland, Tennessee, Indy. So I don't know if Houston runs the table. But right now, since he's in, they go to Pittsburgh, they go to KC, they host the Browns. I mean, I think the Browns and Ravens are in. Browns may even rest their starters in 18. Since he could win two of those. It makes for some really good Christmas fun. fun. Yeah, yeah. And uh, clear as mud, and we'll see this all play out. I can't wait to see how the rest of this goes with those playoff seedings in the NFC and the AFC. And I do want to say once again, thanks everybody for making this your first listen on the locked on podcast network. Of course you can check out me and Matt every single day on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts.